This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It takes a lot of hard work to make it look easy. This Mother's Day, Duluth Trading Co. can help you give her something that keeps up. Whether you prefer to shop online or in-store, Duluth has a motherload of gear, goods, and gifts to keep her comfortable and capable, no matter what needs doing. With Duluth's problem-solving details and legendary durability to boot, you'll finally be mom's favorite again. Check out DuluthTrading.com for all your Mother's Day gifting needs. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. The show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello, this is Josh Widdicombe. Hello, Rob Beckett, how are you? I'm very well, Josh Whittaker. How are you? Were you not expecting me to throw to you this episode? You you seemed very nervous about me bringing oh, you in so I? early. That wasn't <laughs> no. nerves. That was me trying to be a bit professional. But yeah, do you know what? I'm all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm full of beads. I'm loving life. Good. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell. Thank you, everyone, who listened to the first episode with Catherine. Um, it was a pleasure to have her on. Today, we are joined by the brilliant John Richardson. Uh, we will come to that, though. First, Rob, Yes. how have your few days been? Uh, good, in a way. I mean, it was incredible. Thank you to all the people listening, first of all, before we get on to the negative parts of my children. But second <laughs> in the podcast charts. That's amazing, isn't it? Who amazing. is it? Louis Farouk, number one. Yeah, absolutely. We'll do him. We'll do him. We'll do him, buddy. You know, the worst thing, this this is a low moment for me. So I clicked on the Louis Theroux one that was number one. He was interviewing John Ronson. And I thought I'd really like to listen to that, but I don't want to give him the numbers. I don't want to give him the numbers if that's what tips him over. Don't give him the numbers. Radio 4, Louis Theroux, what's his name? Ronson, Mark Ronson. Whoever he is, he can do one. No one cares (laughs) about you, mate. Back off. That's our chart. We're taking number one. If they could send me the rushes of that so I could listen to it without giving them the extra click towards upwards in the iTunes chart, that would be ideal for me. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the rest of my week, uh, how's that been? Um... Well, Rob, should we start with a uh, voice memo you sent me? Oh, yes. Let's let's do that. I was upstairs having a little chill. Lucy, go and have a little lie down. I've been a bit stressed today, just bits and bobs. Um, Rob, can you help me? Come downstairs. Um... The two-year-old to the potty, um, yeah, basically, Rob, I've just trod in her shit. I've got her on the potty trying to get the rest out, but somewhere around the house or in the garden there is human shit, so can you find it? So that's what I'm up to now, just have a little look for some human shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be a regular thing, Rob. We should do a regular feature, and our, our producer will um, sort out some kind of theme tune, uh, Rob Beckett's dispatches from the front line. <laughs> Um, 
I've got like a bulletproof vest and press written on it all around my garden. <laughs> Dodging nuggets. I, I've got to ask you, Rob, did you find yeah. the shit? Well, so basically, I, I, I forgot I sent you that, actually. You sort of brought back sort of PTSD memories for me. But <laughs> no, I didn't. But I did find what was a weird brown lump in the garden. But I've got a serious pigeon problem in my garden, which I don't know if I've spoken to you about on this no. show. No, not on where, this show, no. Well, so basically, Lou gave the kids some bird feed to feed the birds, but didn't tell them to put it at the back or in a pot or on a bird feeder. She just free range. So the kids scattered bird feed over their entire garden, like at the bottom of a hamster cage. And now my <laughs> garden resembles Trafalgar Square in the mid-90s. There are pigeons <laughs> everywhere. It's like they've been telling their mates. So I don't know if it was pigeon droppings. You've turned into the woman from Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. How about you? How's it going for you? It's not as bad. Yesterday, I found an empty bag of marbles in the sitting room. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't find any of the marbles. And basically today, I reckon it's a bit like walking in a minefield where you don't know whether you're going to step on a mine at any point. (laughs) I reckon I've stepped on three marbles. I I can't see because they're see-through glass marbles. So my sitting room's now a kind of danger zone whenever I walk anywhere. Is your daughter Kevin McAllister? <laughs> <laughs> She's Macaulay Culkin and I'm the pigeon lady. Feels like snakes on a plane. You just don't know where these things are, <laughs> but you know they're out there. Well, I've got a similar problem. My daughters keep hiding and stealing stuff. They have, I've got, for some reason, three Sky remotes in the front room from different times where, like, we've lost them and bought another one, right? My yeah. eldest, I don't, I don't know which one, has taken all the batteries out and hidden them. I came downstairs after bedtime to find three remote controls with no batteries in, and I've never been angrier. Oh. And it's a first old problem. I had to watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I could use my PS4 <laughs> controller. How degrading is that? So, <laughs> that is a low moment. When... Um, my daughter was like, she's about one and she'd really got into using the remote. Did you have this where like they just wouldn't leave the remote alone because they know it's something important to you? And yeah. so I decided for Christmas, I went on Amazon and I bought like a dummy remote control, yeah. like another remote to <laughs> give to her for Christmas. And yeah. she didn't buy, she didn't fucking bite at all. She knew. <laughs> She knew it didn't work. How did she know yeah, that know. that remote has no power on the TV, but the Sky one and the, the Sony one or whatever it is do? I don't understand. She can't talk, but she can differentiate between different models of remote control. Yeah, but, and they will still use a DVD remote that you never use because they know it does something. There's a noise <laughs> or a light. That, it's not even HDMI'd in anymore. There's a scar hanging out the back of your telly. But, like, they know it's fake. It's weird. On that, what are the things that you've bought your kids to get oh. to distract them? Oh. Email in uh, to hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk. The most pointless attempt to buy something for your kids to get them not to use what you want to use for yourself. Most pointless thing I ever bought was a tummy time machine, which is basically a bit of plastic. Because your Tummy t- time, I'd forgotten about that. It's a big deal for six months tummy time. That yeah. is like an absolute yeah. game-changing situation where they don't go in their belly enough, they can't look up at some point. I don't know. Yeah. But I remember there was a point in our life where that was going to be the making or oh. breaking us as a family. <laughs> If we're not getting the tummy time in, it's all going to fall apart. <sighs> My life will fall apart. We'll get evicted. We'll be on can't pay, take it away, because we didn't do tummy time. That sort of catastrophic thing. Yeah. And it's a little thing you put them on. But I've got a floor. 
So I don't know why I bought this thing, because if you want to see Tommy Tom, <laughs> put them on the floor. But it's this bit of plastic they move around. They never went on it. Oh, did you get a sheep, one of those sheep that plays the noise to get them to sleep? That actually worked for us. Did the it? first one. Yeah, you and the sheep works. I've got a lot of respect. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for you and... I will not have... <laughs> I will not have a word against you. Another good tip is get a couple of Ewans. Or get, if they've got a favourite teddy, get a couple of them and swap them in because they either get smelly or dirty or you lose them. Oh, yeah. We had a backup Ewan. We've got four... Uh, she calls it pop. It's like a kind of blanket that she holds for reassurance. We've got four exactly the same. And I'm thinking, how can you not differentiate these? But the remote controls are all over it. <laughs> How reassuring is it when you can have four interchangeable? She's got the technical knowledge of one of those people that helps you in Dixons. It's unbelievable. (laughs) Get in touch if you've got anything on those. Um, I haven't mentioned this, Rob, but I just want to talk to you about how jealous I am of my friend Stu, who's living a dream life. The other day, he put on our WhatsApp group that... um, So there's a few dads on there and a few people who aren't dads on there. Uh, it's mainly used for football, uh, this WhatsApp group. How does this reflect on your life, Rob? So he, right, last Sunday, he walked into central London from East London, took a photo on Berwick Street from the angle that is on the cover of What's the Story Morning Glory and then walked home. That was his Sunday. It sounds like he's having a breakdown, Josh. I don't think this (laughs) this isn't like a story of a man's amazing life. What a waste of time. This is what I want to be doing, Rob. He's having a 90s breakdown. Mate, I've built a career on having a 90s breakdown. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to hear from you. So now it is time for the Lockdown Parenting Postbag. It's the Lockdown Parenting Mailbag. But it's actually emails and there's no bag. Okay, this is uh, from Sarah Helliwell. Morning, Josh and Rob. I had to share. So yesterday, a neighbour posted on a neighbourhood Facebook page that she was putting out a box to collect for the local food bank. I thought this was a lovely idea and began trying to explain the concept to my three-year-old. So off we went for our daily exercise with a bag full of tins and pasta. I placed them all in the box, which was pretty much on the lady's doorstep, and then the meltdown began. My child said, I don't want them to have my food. It's mine. (laughs) I want it back. Get it back, mummy. <laughs> what a situation to be in. Oh. What would you have done in that situation? Oh, I mean, it depends on the food. If it's just like beans and like tomato soup and stuff, you know the kid's not that bothered about. But if it's like pepper pig jellies, I think that's child abuse. Imagine that like loads of Haribo <laughs> and sweets, all their favourite stuff. But oh. No, but I think it's, it's tints because she said... I had to pretty much wrestle him away from the box, kicking and screaming about his sweet corn, hoping that no one was watching. That's the situation you find yourself in with these kids, isn't it? Because you can't explain... Obviously, you can't explain these situations to them. Three's too young to sort of explain the fact that people are really struggling, they can't afford to buy food, and that's why people that can need to band together. So I always go down and just feed him a load of rubbish. This stuff tastes horrible. We don't want it. Let them have it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because people do say you should, like, you've got to be honest in these situations. I don't think you can't go, you've got to understand there's been 10 years of Tory cuts and it's really hitting the people. <laughs> yeah, the... yeah. That's, that's, you can't say that to a three-year-old. <laughs> Let me take you back to the 2008 financial crash. Now, that's where this all really... 
I, I tell you what I am. Um, my friend Tom, he was one of my best men. So he's a, he's a wonderful man. You, you'd agree he's a wonderful man, right? Great guy. He's got a child who's younger than mine who is already at the age of 18 months. Get this. The kid is requesting when they go on iPlayer to watch football. How lucky. <laughs> I thought you was going to say, like, they're reading or something. But that... No, no, I can give a shit about that, mate. His kid, <laughs> so they went on iPad to watch something special, right? Oh, yeah. And his kid pointed at the football because they'd been in the park playing football and was like, can we watch that? Yeah. And he watched France v Argentina from the 2018 <laughs> World Cup in full. I'll show you something special, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the way Mbappe burst forward. <laughs> Oh, wow. That oh, I am jealous of that. Yeah, yeah. I, would, yeah. I don't care if someone could do a puzzle that's two years older than them. No, no. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Can I tell you a funny story about Tom Cray? Yeah. When I organized a charity gig for Arsenal Football Club, and um, he was supposed to be the opening act. Alex Brooker was hosting, doing the MC work, right? And he was supposed to be bringing on Tom Cray. But out of nowhere, within about a minute... Tom Crane's elbows had swollen to the size of a child's skull. But, <laughs> but all big, globulous, big, lumpy elbows. And he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I, I think I got stung by a bee. I'm like, we're indoors. What's what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, my God. And then he couldn't cope with it. So in the end, he couldn't go on. And people were getting him ice packs. But I think an, an, an Arsenal physio, <laughs> Gary Lewin, turned up. And he's putting ice packs on his elbows. And all. Anyway, I had to go on and do it. And it was really awkward. Then it turned out that he'd had a personal trainer that day that had made him do too heavy a weight so he was too polite to say anything. <laughs> and his arms are swollen. <laughs> oh. Wait, we've got to, at some point, get Tom on this podcast to refute those two stories. This is from Chris McHugh. Uh, during the second week of homeschooling my five-year-old, we were doing some maths. He was attempting to solve 16 minus 9. And gave me the answer seven. I wasn't happy with this answer and told him it was wrong. He said it wasn't as he'd done it on his fingers. This went on for a few minutes until I said in capital letters, it doesn't matter if you've done it on your fingers, it's wrong. He began to cry and argue with me. So I sent him to the naughty step. (laughs) It was only whilst explaining to him why his reaction had been wrong uh, that I realised that he was in fact right. Oh, my God. Oh, God. And I immediately apologised and wanted to punch myself in the face. Oh! To make matters worse, he simply said, you don't have to be sorry, Daddy. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so degrading. (laughs) Which made me want to punch myself in the testicles. My wife came downstairs and found me hugging him with tears in my eyes and asked if I wanted a break. Oh, God. It is hard. It is hard. Could I just say, he's? also, did I mention I'm a primary school teacher? 
The what? <laughs> oh, get out, mate. Come, that's pathetic. Um, chance for a quick one more. This is good because this is helpful, right? This is from Marie. Josh, I note that your daughter is addicted to mango and I've decided to reach out to help you. <laughs> I too am addicted to mango. Oh. It started as a child when I lived in Papua New Guinea and mangoes were in vast supply. At the start of lockdown, I started Googling in the hope of finding ways to get my daily mango fix without leaving the house. <laughs> yeah. Happily, I found a website that sells frozen mango in 10 kilo bags. No way. It's excellent and it's pre-chopped too. However, I underestimated how big a 10 kilo bag of mango would look. <laughs> yes! Are you going to be eating mango until the end of time? Oh, so how big a bag did she get? She sent me a link. So 10 kilos of mango. That's a lot of mango. What kind of freezer has she got for a mango? Also, I can't believe someone listens here that was born in Papua New Guinea. What a ma- <laughs> it's mental, isn't it? The internet. <laughs> I never thought I'd have some sort of online correspondence with a lady from Papua New Guinea who's found, you know, a fellow mango madman. She's not interested in the parenting podcast, but she typed mango into iTunes and we came up. So she ended up listening for that. Maybe that could be a feature, the mango mandem, and just sort of all mango lovers come together and chat mango chat. Um, so if you do want to get in touch with us, uh, what are the topics again? Mango. Has your child freaked out in a situation where it's really, really embarrassing? And have you had any homeschooling nightmares? Seems to be what we've covered. And also, if you've bought anything, yeah, wasn't that? If you bought anything that was useless um, or to distract the kid from something they wanted of yours, like, you know, makeup. We've had to buy some makeup for them to put on because they keep wanting to put on lose nice stuff. Oh, really? And does it work? Um, yeah, they both look lovely. <laughs> They're all ready, <laughs> ready for a night out. <laughs> uh, this is how you get in touch. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk. Or we're on Twitter at Lockdown Parents. So the guest this week is John Richardson, very funny comedian, friend of ours. He lives up in the north, Hebden Bridge, with Lucy Beaumont, his wife, and their young daughter, who's three years old. And um, I was excited about this one, Josh, because I know that John is a very angry man, and hopefully his sort of <laughs> sadness can make me happy. Let's see. The Schadenfreude special <laughs> with John Richardson. Good afternoon, John Richardson. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. How are you? Yeah. We're all right, are we? <laughs> yeah, we're fine. <laughs> I think we're good. In a way. No one knows how to answer that question. No, that's it. Nobody knows. Because secretly it's awful, but you know it's worse for everyone else. So you yeah. can't, can't really say yeah. it's bad because anyone listening will go, fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, everyone's got it's worse than me story, haven't they? So that, it never ends at whatever level that. Yeah. And I think what we're trying to do is free people up who feel guilty about complaining to have an outlet to complain. Oh, I'm going to complain. Oh, good. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about that. I'll set the bar, mate. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Every day's a nightmare, isn't it? But, Do you uh, want to just take me through? So you've got one, you've got a daughter. We have a daughter who's three years old. Three years about old. three and a half. Proper three-nager, which is yeah. the term that I've been taught. Proper bolshy, won't do what she's told, but in a sort of witty, you know, both of us are comics. So, yeah, she's learned how to use humour as a way of deflecting from being an absolute pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> can't criticise her for, because that's the one thing I've taught her. I mean, we just, I mean, to let you into what's happening, it's, it's, what is it, half past one. I'm having a beer because lunch was just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> we had a nice morning. We went for our walk. 
uh, came yeah. back, cooked a lovely curry, uh, no spice in it, so that Elsie could have some. Put it down in front of her, just went absolutely apeshit, wouldn't touch it. And I've had a few meals where I've said, look, you know, we need you to eat and we need to understand what meal times are. And today I said, I like this curry, so I'm going to leave you with your mother and you can do what you need to do and I'm going to eat it in a different room because I'm sick of you <laughs> ruining my meals. <laughs> and you had your bland curry on your own. <laughs> I chopped some chilies in mine, I put some coriander in it, all the stuff she doesn't like that I omitted to handcraft a meal for a child that is now halfway through some fish dippers and waffles. Do you think maybe... You'd made her curry too bland. She said there was pepper in it, and there isn't because I fuck the fucking thing. But you can't say that to a three-year-old, can you? <laughs> I know exactly what's in it because I put it in there. Yeah. What I'm learning is when the rage kicks in instantly, that's my fault, not hers. So when she says that, and I say, "Oh, look, I promise you there isn't. Come over here, and I'll show you the ingredients." And look, you helped me, didn't you? Because you did the mushrooms. That's rational, good daddy. The minute the reaction to that is, the fucking isn't any pepper. <laughs> when that thought comes to my head, I think, you need to go away now because yeah. she's bored of you as well. So I went net in a different room and uh, yeah. I think that was the right policy. Oh, that's nice. How's your beer? The beer is cold and delicious and um, it's the first of, well, not many because, you know, there'll be there'll be this whole row to have again at tea time, won't there? <laughs> What are you making for tea? Are you doing a lot of cooking? Yeah, food's my sort of go-to, um, you know, I wake up in the morning and I need to know what we're having. So last night at quarter to 12, I suddenly decided we had to have birch and muesli for breakfast. Yeah. So I was clattering around in the kitchen, soaking oats. Um, she didn't eat that either. What she does, she eats until she's not hungry. She doesn't eat until she's full. I don't know if you're experiencing this. My, I've got two and one eats, the younger one eats everything and all the dinner, really good. The other one doesn't, like they say, we'll have one mouthful and goes, oh, I'm not starving hunger anymore. I'm off. Yeah. And it, and then an hour later, can I have a sandwich? Can I have some bread? Yeah. I know, but it sort of makes sense, doesn't it? When when there's so many toys in the house, the, the sort of policy is, well, I'll just pick. You know, like when you're at a house party, you go, oh, I'll just pick at stuff. Yeah. You can't explain to her, you need to sit and continue to... Sh I know you know what it tastes like and you're not hungry anymore, but the policy is you now shovel this gruel into your face until it slightly hurts. <laughs> I don't know if the, the words the policy is are going to be helpful to a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> she genuinely has picked up and it's one of those things you don't know you're saying it until they say it back to you she'll say now she'll say to me okay daddy here's the deal and then we have a negotiation <laughs> here's the deal i eat this waffle and then that's it and then we can play and you have to say yeah okay fine John, with these deals, you've got to be prepared to walk away. That's the thing. If you're going to show <laughs> oh, any I'm, strength. I'm too prepared to walk away. That's the problem. I've got a little bit of a, a tip for trying to get to eat lunch because, like I said, mine don't really Please. do it. Do a um, picnic buggy. But what you do is make them a packed lunch, put them in the buggy with it, and then you, you walk for an hour whilst they eat their lunch. That is, that is a good little tip, Rob. It's a lovely tip, but then you get to an age where... She needs to learn to sit and eat a meal, you know, because this lockdown situation, she's not going to nursery anymore. And nursery was where she was learning. You yeah. know, you can be a bit of a prick at home while we're eating tea, but you can't, if you're a mess around at nursery, you'll get told off and you just won't get lunch. Well, and that was it. my, I tell you, that was my, my saving grace whenever I did some bad, like weak parenting was I'd always think, 
she's picking it up at nursery. So it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. if I drop the ball a bit. She's eating great food at nursery. So this cheese on toast is fine. And now I haven't got that. Yeah, but you worry too much because like when they go, we've oh, got to teach them to use a knife and fork. No, I've never met anyone at 37. You go to a restaurant, they're just like shoveling <laughs> soup up with their hands because they never learn. Like it, that, they will learn at some point. Do you know what I mean? Like the same with sitting down. It's like, you don't see like grown-ups at weddings wandering about just eating a baguette <laughs> because oh, no, it's just what I did as a kid. You meet someone, he's like, um, I, yeah, I do want this meal, but you're right to push me around in a buggy while I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing with TV, John? Do you feel guilt with watching TV? We're trying to have it so it's sort of set times. So, you know, uh, we have, and by we have, I mean I have drawn up a rotor that we operate on now. So, And is she aware of the rotor? Uh, yeah, Elsie's aware of the rotor. She gets half the day with mummy, half the day with daddy. Uh, we have lunch together, we have tea together, and then we're together in the evening until bedtime. And weekends, we don't do any work. We're all together. Just yeah. to have some structure. And mainly, it's for the person who isn't with Elsie. If you don't have a rotor, I find what you do is you'll ask for permission to do important stuff. So you might say, oh, can you look after her for an hour so I can do some work or so I can have a wash? But what you don't say is, can you look after her for an hour so I could do absolutely nothing? So I just... <laughs> Can you take her for an hour so I can watch two episodes of Friends that I've seen a hundred times and then hate myself? <laughs> so the rotor is a way of saying that that's your time when you're not with Elsie for the week. Do what you want with it. Get all your work done yeah. across the week. But if you want to get up and watch the news for an hour and then have a coffee and that's your time, that's it. And you, what you don't do is say to the other person, I need to waste some time and just sit and stare at the wall. So yeah. we've got a, a rotor system now. And as part of that, the agreement is... You can't watch telly with her on your own because then you're taking that, you know, from the other person. Otherwise, you just watch telly all day. So telly is, you know, after tea if she eats her tea, which she doesn't, and then at weekends. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and what are you watching? Oh, anything American on Netflix. She's just got the most incredible American accent. She just is an American child. We moved up north so that she would yeah. sort of sound like us, and she just sounds like an American Frankenstein. She loves Hotel Transylvania at the moment. She's just watched the Trolls movie. She enjoyed that. I've taught her how to say um, this was this morning's activity while we were on a walk, so we were getting some exercise, but I taught her to say, it wasn't me, it was that Carol Baskin. <laughs> I want to get Pearl onto movies for her TV time. Yeah. And the reason for that is not kind of some kind of cultural reason, but because a movie is 90 minutes mm. and we're watching Sarah and Duck exclusively at the moment, not my decision, <laughs> which is very, I love Sarah and Duck, but because there's seven minutes, every seven minutes, the decision is made to watch another one. And so you are hit yes. with the guilt. So there's the, the repetitive decision to remain in front of the TV. Whereas if it was a longer thing, You've made your piece that you're going to watch that longer thing. And it's, it's good to know they've got the attention span that they're following a storyline and that they're... Yeah. A gateway for us was the film Sing. I don't know if you've tried that oh, one. Oh, it's a great film. Fantastic film. And it also, it elevates their music taste because it's proper songs in it. Right. So she went from liking theme tunes to show she likes, like Peter Rabbit and things, to actually liking Elton John and songs like that. So then she was oh, asking really? to listen to Elton John in the car because... She sort of fancies the gorilla in Sing, which <laughs> I think is all right. I think I probably fancied Chitara from Thundercats until I was in my late teens. So I'm just yeah, assuming it's all right. Fine. 
for a three-year-old to fancy her. I find getting kids onto a proper film is a bit like when you decide to eat well or be healthy. You do it for a couple of days and before you know it, they're just like seven episodes into Paw Patrol. Because they're at preschool three days a week, both of them, and like we do loads of activities, we see the grandparents a lot, we're always taking them out to do stuff. We're like, well, when they're indoors, let them watch telly, it's fine, but... We have still got the attitude and then we're indoors all day. One of them watched Muppet Babies, I swear, four hours in a row. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went up to Lou and I went, Lou, we've got this car. She's done four hours. And Lou went, I know, but she's quiet. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Are you, when they're watching things, do you feel like you have to be watching it as well? Or you're all right to look at your phone? No, I, do, I mean, this makes me sound like an absolute child, but I, I take enjoyment out of watching. I, I love most of the stuff she watches. She's into, I, mean, I think the, the change in kids' telly, like the sense of humour is everyone's worked out, I think, if you roughly do that Simpsons thing and it's funny for both. Yeah. So she watches a lot of stuff. Like I find the Mr Bean cartoon, you know, genuinely makes me laugh. I think it's so funny. And I think Hey Dougie is properly funny. The one thing I've, the Hey Dougie is a good show and I think it's a great show and it's like quite, actually fairly educational in a way about like kids doing stuff. But what I don't get is that he's like a scout leader, isn't he? And it's all fine. And then when all the parents waiting to pick up the kids, he's like, oh, hug Dougie, hug, hug Dougie. No, there's no need to hug him at the end. <laughs> and then they go, oh, your mum and dad's are here to pick you up. See you later before you go. Quick cuddle. No, <laughs> send them off. Why does he have to cuddle them? Can't he just teach them and they leave? You wouldn't cuddle your teacher, would you, at the end of the day? No, no but if my teacher was a big, fat dog, I might have. <laughs> oh, you should have gone to my school. <laughs> John, so you've got all this time on your own. Did you think you were going to be productive in lockdown, away from parenting, and have you been productive in lockdown? Let, let, me, let me pick you up on one issue I have with that question. You've got a lot of time on your own. Uh-uh. I've got a lot of time at home but with my family. That has proved to be very different. So yes. actually, um, you know, Zoom has been a godsend. I'll set up a sort of eight o'clock Zoom and uh, I'll just tell her it went on till 10 when really, you know, we're all done and dusted after half an hour and then I just stay on my own for an hour and a half. <laughs> I had a Zoom meeting the other day and I went up to my office to do the Zoom meeting and he texted me at the moment I got into the office to say he'd be 10 minutes late. And the joy I felt <laughs> at that moment. And then I just kind of sat in a chair and just stared. Yeah. Oh. Well, because everyone says, what are you going to do after lockdown? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to wait for everyone to leave my house and just sit in it quiet. Yeah, absolutely. I've already. <laughs> That's all I want. Thing. I said, I'm going to book a travel lodge in Aberdeen and I'm going to drive to it and I'm just going to stay there for two nights and then I'm going to come home and we're never going to speak about it. <laughs> Do you speak to your friends that aren't parents and do they understand your situation? So you're obviously, like me, a friend of Matt Ford. Yes. He sent me last Sunday a picture of, he's taken a photo of his TV and it had like an old England team set up, like the tactics on the screen. And I said, what's that? And he said, oh, are you not watching? Yeah. And I said, what? And he said, "I'm." Re he was re-watching <laughs> the full 90 minutes plus extra time plus coverage plus penalties of England v West Germany from 1990 Yes, in his England shirt with a beer. <laughs> and he wondered why I wasn't doing that with my Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's just... hard. It's hard um, not to be very angry <laughs> at that conversation. But I have subsequently, I've recorded that and I am going to spend an evening. In Aberdeen. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think you've got to sort of do a bit of both because you know, not to get serious about it, but it is. It, even that is not as good as it's. I mean, I actually think having a kid in this situation is the best and worst thing because mm. it's hard. But I would absolutely be destroyed now if I didn't have a child to be vaguely sentient for in the morning. Why would I stop just eating crap and drinking? Well, it does make the days go quicker. They're horrific, but they're yeah. quick. <laughs> 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 I'd rather it be like that yeah. boring and empty and t- like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. what, what you don't want is exciting long days that's not what you want is yeah. it? Oh, you want no. shit short ones not really nice yeah. long I days haven't, I haven't been bored I haven't come close to being bored no. in the last month and that's not because I'm having great chats <laughs> I was going to say is that, have you had any rows indoors um, with your partner because obviously you're both working and, and writing mm. stuff and, and got deadlines and stuff have, has, has one of you been busier than the other are you doing any homeschooling what's what's the setup well for me lucy is a lot she's a lot more driven than i am so we've both sort of got stuff on but i just use lockdown as an excuse not to do it even though that you can't say to people i can't do that i'm busy because they know you're not oh, I, I that's still, the worst yeah still, there's no excuses anymore yeah yeah you've got to do thanks for doing this by the way John. <laughs> <laughs> fine it's, it's a chance to have a beer at one in the afternoon that's oh, great. I'm jealous. I, I'm trying to sort of exercise to cancel out the increased drinking and calories. There was a point first week when I realized I didn't go down the crisp aisle when I went shopping and I nearly burst into tears on the drive back from Tesco. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do without crisps for a week? And I can't go out just for crisps in case I get pulled over by the police. <laughs> She, yeah, we, we we had a few, but then I think if you do this job, because we both do the same job, we're sort of in this routine anyway of both sort of tripping over each other during the days. So unless one of us is on tour, we're both at home anyway. But I, I certainly, um, the food waste is a big one. And yeah. I'm probably more on the sink strainer going back in the sink than I have been at any point in our marriage. <laughs> but big exclusive, it was our fifth wedding anniversary last week. Oh, and she didn't do anything for it didn't even get me a card so um oh i think to be honest i'm sweet now probably for the rest of the year i think, <laughs> I think i'm all right now um john rob has one final question yes uh in this uh lockdown has there been a uh highlight and a low light a point where you thought ah oh, this is pretty good this and a point where you thought i cannot go on oh um i think there's one of those every hour i think you know I used to be in a mood for a day and then all right for a day. And now I think broadly, within an hour, I sort of hit that point. That I don't, What is the best moment of lockdown so far? I really enjoyed um, watching the Trolls movie the other day. Um, we <laughs> all sat and watched the Trolls movie with some popcorn on like a Tuesday afternoon Aww. and thought, God, that wouldn't have happened. You know, should have been at nursery. I'd have been outside in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst, I don't know. I, I I mean, I think I may have just had one of the worst, you know, the, the losing it over lunch is just such a small, it's just, you know, it's when you know, like, oh, I, I'll tell you the worst actually was my Lucy got back and said, oh, Elsie just asked me if everyone's going to die. Oh. And I thought, oh God, you know, she is, we're not talking to her about it, but she's clearly hearing stuff. She overhears a bit of a Zoom chat. And so that was a real wake up call. Like, you know, your job now is to make sure that this three-year-old is, happy and is okay and is not you know is not too aware of what's going on outside so um yeah what did lucy great. say to her she said um you will if you don't eat your fucking curry 
We loaded up some government websites, talked about facts and figures. John, thank you so much. I'm glad that you're doing well. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you. See you later, John. Cheers. John Richardson, what a nice man. He is... I know they always throw around the nicest man in comedy, um, but he would be—he'd be up there for me. He was—he'd be up there. When I did my first ever eight out of ten cats, he was so nice to me. It made me feel so comfortable. And he was like, "Oh, is there any topics, you know, and stuff?" And so I've always sort of been indebted to him for that. So it's a bit awkward when I became the captain eight out of ten cats. But <laughs> let's not get bogged down by that. <laughs> Love you, John. Yeah, his curry, his. Oh, curry freak out. Yeah. How much can you put effort into your kids' food when you don't know if they're going to eat it? It's such a... Yeah. I just feel like it's just inversely... The amount of effort I put in, it makes it just more and more unlikely that she's going to eat it. They can see she you knows. cooking it. They know, it's like, the, like we're saying with remote control, they can see you putting effort in. And it's, it's their little opportunity to gain the upper hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of like, no, I'm not going to eat that now. Well, my daughter hates mashed potato, right? Never never got on board with it, just against mashed potato, right? And then my mum was round, right? And Nan, she was love, loves her Nan. And uh, my mum was going, what do you want for dinner? Do you want some mashed potato? She went, yeah, I love mashed potato. And my mum went, I'll make it for them. Went, I'm not making it for her. She'll never eat it, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. And then she went, oh, please, I love mashed potato. Eventually, the, my mum went, go and make it. Mate. I went, all right, I'll make it, right? I made it. She ate every single bit of it and every mouthful of mashed potato uh-huh. she ate, sat with my mum. She looked at me in the eye and was like, mm, mashed potato, right? The next day, <laughs> a week later, made her mash, didn't touch it. Oh, it's disgusting. I was like, I saw you with a nan. I saw what you did with that potato. <laughs> Staring me out. Bang out of order. Every mouthful she looked to me out the corner of her eye. I mean, you've got this to come. That's the four-year-old. They get eat that. Yeah. That she's already like manipulating me at four. I do love that I said, have you made any kind of intricate meals? And that was mashed mashed potato was your example. Mate, if I could get away with just giving them boiled eggs forever, I would. I gave her a pan of chocolat this morning and she ate the chocolate bit oh. and left the croissant bit. And then I'm like, trying to make her eat a croissant, and you're like, as if that's a good thing. Yeah. As if that's a good bit of the meal. Get the butter in you. Get the bu- get that, eat that butter. It's like it's the greens. I'm trying to make her eat the croissant. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's it for this week. Uh, we've got the brilliant comedian and also uh, part of the curry story, Lucy Beaumont, John's wife, on our next episode. We thought it would be fun to hear both sides of the story and it really was. It really was. It's eye-opening, isn't it? It really is. Um, Yeah. Can I also say this, Josh? Please, if you're listening, like and subscribe this because we want to move up that chart, write a review because we want to be number one. We're hunting down Louis Farouk. The only thing I think we can do, Josh, is we need to get Louis Farouk on this one and that hopefully we can then nick his followers. So that could be a good way, but... Just, you know, you've got to come on board, Louis, because we're, we're hunting you down, mate. I'm coming for yeah. you. He knows it as well. He, know, he knows it. He knows we're coming, Josh. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he can smell it. We're, we're the hungry young wolves. Yeah? Louis Theroux's been knocking around for years. I wonder whether Louis Theroux's even considered us this week. I doubt he has. He's too busy sitting on the top of the bloody castle. Oh, King of the bloody castle. Sitting there gloating like cat that got the cream. Him and Mark Ronson having a chin wag. John Ronson. Whoever it is. Fucking Ron Seal, as far as I'm concerned. We're coming for you, Louis. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, um, we'll be back on Tuesday with Lucy Beaumont. We will see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Hello and welcome to John Richardson and the Future Notes, How to Survive the Apocalypse. I am John Richardson, professional whingebag and defeatist, and I am joined by the Future Notes, who are Mark Stevenson. Hello. Hello. And Ed Gillespie. Hello. 
Hello. Mark and Ed are the two experts who are invited before I make a series like Ultimate Warrior to make me look more informed and intelligent, and this podcast will attempt to lay bare that entire process by proving that, in fact, I know nothing and they know everything. Each episode will discuss some of the problems facing our society, and through an attempt to find some optimism, we'll offer up some solutions as well. As my co-pilots on this journey, Mark and Ed, are... um, insightful interesting and witty people and they can tell you exactly what the future will be in five years right guys (laughs) i'm not sure that's strictly true but you know no i'll take it (laughs) yes take the compliment where it's offered they both know more than me and frankly are of more use to society than me however people seem to uh follow me on twitter and not them so this podcast <laughs> is an attempt to reverse that process if i have one goal for this podcast series it's that by the end i have three followers left and they are my <laughs> wife my neighbors and my mum. and everyone else has realized why wouldn't i just listen to these two in the first place 